0: Welcome to Buddha at the Gas Pump. My name is Rick Archer, and my gef- guest this week is Jeff Stewart Dixon. Welcome, Jeff. Thanks, Rick. And Jeff wrote a book um, called 21 Days, A Guide for Spiritual Beginners, which I read and enjoyed. <coughs> very sort of down-to-earth, entertaining story about his own spiritual odyssey, intermixed with raising a son, fishing, and taking lots of
1: naps. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Sounds
0: like a pretty good life to me. <laughs>
1: well, you know, it's a book, it's, uh, <laughs> what can I say?
0: Yeah, so um, I think you mentioned that you called it 21 days because it represents 21 days in your life, although f- as I read it I somehow got the impression that it spanned a larger time span. So, explain that or run us through Sh- what you'd like to say about it.
1: Sure. So, I- essentially... 21 days is um the uh, there are 21 chapters and each chapter is a day mm-hmm. and there was a period where uh in my own awakening process that I uh passed through uh for me was a very important doorway and I knew that what had happened was important to the extent that i felt like i wanted to write about it and so i immediately started keeping a journal so i kept it after this one episode i kept a journal for 21 days of everything that happened to me uh what's it like to get up in the morning and go to work start your day have a family uh social life as you said before fishing uh it, yes, and naps. And my son takes more naps than I do. It wasn't just about me taking the naps. Yeah, but so I got the
0: impression that sometimes you use those as an opportunity to, for you to take one too, which I would do as well. <laughs> well <laughs> sure,
1: sure. You're the first person to said, damn, Jeff, you a lot of naps. I have to, eat. <laughs> I have to go and look at that and see. But. But, so the, the, the 21 days are, uh, I, I want to convey what the kind of the, the, the peak experience side of awakening is like again, on, on, a, on a very uh, just ordinary level, and so it, what, what I found is that um, the, it was all too ordinary, and so I didn't end up using every single one of those days that I kept a journal with. I actually went back into my own seeking history, and I selected seven what I thought were archetypal days that, um, uh, that would be relatable for everyone. In other words, those were days that I went through in my own um, uh, in my own awakening-seeking process that I thought were pretty important. And i uh drawing a big picture here, and it's black and white, and there's more subtlety to it, of course. But I thought, well, these are pretty important days, and if people are going to get involved with these matters, they're probably, in one respect or another, going to bump into days just like this. Mm-hmm. So the 21 days are those. Um, there are also a few days where I felt like... Um, I wanted to uh, have a, a little story or an analogy. So I took, I think it's three or four days where I just wrote a little parable, a spiritual parable, um, just to break the book up and to make it uh, more interesting and more palpable um, over the course of the 21 chapters and the days. I didn't want it to be the same thing day in and day out. Because frankly, as everyone knows, as we all know, there is in our lives, there's a lot of repetition that goes on no matter what. So I wanted to. Get away from that in the book and have it be at least somewhat interesting. Okay. Does that answer the?
0: Yeah. Now, um, I'd be interested in knowing, um, you know, how and when and you went through that doorway, and Uh and and what led up to it. I mean, when I read the book i didn't You didn't chronicle a lot of detail about years of spiritual seeking at least I, as right. I gathered it I mean the main thing right. i I caught was a trip to California, which might not have been more than forty eight hours in which you ran into Gangaji and Da, and some mysterious couple whom I couldn't identify <laughs> but um you know you didn't sort of go through years of oh I sat on my Zen cushion and did this and you know so, so I no Zen cushion. right so um so let's let's do a little bit of a chronology if we may okay.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm 43, and really my, my spiritual search began when I was about 18. Um, and in the first five years, let's say, I was interested, much like all of us are, in kind of the outward expression of, or the more uh, surface levels of spirituality. Out-of-body experiences, psychic phenomena, 2012, uh, crystals, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and I, with with I, I went to the Monroe Institute great place, uh, it's here in Virginia um, they facilitate using HemiSync out of body experiences and those first five years were important um, in that I needed to prove to myself that there was something to this to this thing realm. called spirituality right. yeah, to this realm, to religion really because I was, when I was in college I was just agnostic atheist um, and uh, had a uh, what, what I would call a, a pretty you know, practical and logical head on my shoulders, and so I wasn't just going to willy-nilly, you know, tell me that's, you know, have someone tell me that my chakras could be balanced with crystals because that's the way it was. You know, I I wanted proof, and so Monroe Institute offered proof, um, and I had I did I I, I followed their program, and I had some out-of-body experiences, and I was like, okay, well, this is real. Um, after that is when I slowly. Uh, Gravitated towards more uh, Advaita Zen t- teachers, and my my uh, seeking shifted to to ha- it was seeking a- it shifted away from having an experience to um, to something that was bigger, more fulfilling, and answered for me personally. What was when, uh, you know what the What I found was the real root of the reason I got involved with spirituality was my own existential depression.
0: So when you say away from having experiences, uh, you mean away from having a specific experience where you're going out of your body and then it's it's over and the next day you wake up and you have to… Right. You're you're talking about some kind of deeper, more sustained realization that you you decided was relevant.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it wasn't… honestly, it wasn't even I wanted something… I never ever wanted Golden Buddha, one with the universe, mountaintop enlightenment. I wasn't seeking that. I just uh, was unhappy, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 as I said before, the term that I always like to use is ex- I was existentially depressed, and I wanted that to go away. Damn it! You was know?
0: it was it a pretty um, persistent unhappiness? I mean, absolutely. A little yeah. cloud over your head most of the time.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You, you, the funny thing about it though was that it. it, it, it Unless I told you, you would never have known it. Right. I mean, I, 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 you know, in all those years, I, you know, with the exception of, of family and close friends, I, I came off as a pretty down-to-earth, normal guy, you know, with, with you know, no, no big hang-ups or problems. Um, but inside, down deep, um, I, I felt that. Um, and, and, and back to my seeking history, this is uh, uh, the second five years I, I bumped into adi Da. Way of the Heart, and um, started reading his material, and watching his videos, and I did sit with him in person a few times, and that really just changed my whole orientation towards spirituality. It actually softened me up, um, pulverized, pounded me, and uh, really made me aware, self-aware, of the mind, of ego, of uh, all the machinations that... um, Make up the realm of Maya that we're easily uh, caught in. Was it the and sitting
0: with him that did that, or more, no, just, it was,
1: more just the reading of the books? It was reading of the books. Um, I, I, there were a few occasions where I read his books, and real well, well, uh, c- crossed a threshold. I was like, "Oh shit, I can't go back now. I, n- I now know this about myself, and there is no, you know, there's no turning around at this point." So, yeah, he his there's a there's a there's a level of seriousness that one really needs to take on in order to in my opinion to, to to truly wake up and eventually at one point or another um you're you need to become aware of what it is that your own mind is up to and that process of becoming aware of that is actually heartbreaking mm. it, it 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 really for me, it, 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 it was a, uh, a moment of coming into the understanding that, boy, this, this mechanism that's going on up here just doesn't really work like I thought it worked, and it is failing me all the time, and so that was heartbreaking when you first bump into that, and that's part of the process of, of the awakening process, is, is your heart wakes up, you become more vulnerable um, you, uh, to your own limitations. And um, so, you it's, know, it's, it's funny. You know, that. T-
0: yeah, right. I mean, to me, the word disillusionment has a positive connotation. Right. You know, because right. you want to get out of illusion, and so disillusionment, although it can be painful, is actually right. a step in the right direction more often than not.
1: Re- regression in the service of transcendence. That's a great quote by an author named Michael Washburn. He's a transpersonal psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um, and. and Reading that was so beneficial for me, and it's why I liked the term, uh, well, I liked those terms, but I also liked the term existential depression, because it takes, that term takes it out of the realm of me being responsible for it, like I I was like screwed up, or or something I did, or something my family did, or my parents, or life, or, or circumstances. It was just a, saying existential depression, for me, just put it in the realm of nature, of existence, and uh, that's just part. Of what's happening here, and get over it. And you're not responsible. And so these are the rules of the game, and proceed from there. So that knowing that helped me a lot.
0: Um, yeah, if you think about it, I mean, if you had been totally satisfied with the status quo. Um, you might we we might see that as an actual lesser developed state than being depressed with the status quo and right. real, realizing that there's got to be something more right or better
1: yeah i, I think all of the great teachings uh take you through the dark night of the soul mm-hmm. or or at least say hey go down this you know this way there'll be dragons and you have to go through that yeah. there's, there's no, they, i i know that i wasn't interested in um, yeah, popsicles and ice cream cones and candy and light effused angels. You know, I I, I, I quickly understood that I had to go through that dark uh, element of one's soul to uh, to to get through to the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I did, and Adi Da introduced me to that. Um, so back to, the again, my seeking history. Um, then I discovered great thing happened around the early 1990s. All sorts of awakening teachers started coming out of the woodwork. Um, and so the last ten, I, I, if you could look at my total seeking history, which has been about 20 years, the last ten years of that, were involved in many, many sittings, in many, many um, circumstances of, yes, of me getting on airplanes and flying to California or inviting teachers to my homes, and once I realized that I could get for, I think there's even a chapter in my book where, like, for the low, low price of, you know, Ming's Oriental Diner, when I went out to California, I was sitting with an awakened gentleman who was giving me his private time for nothing, and then the next day I go off and sit with Adi Da and, and all the loopholes and things that I had to jump through and to to get to sit with Adi Da. And here I could get it for free. You know, sitting this his name was Phil Servidio, sitting with Phil and it's like I I think I'm gonna choose that. It's a little easier. Mm. Um, and, and, and you I, had to start
0: well, doing an interview show, you not only get to talk to people for a
1: couple hours a week, but they send you free books. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm you know, you probably have 10, 000, at this point, in the history of Awakening the United States, Rick, you probably have gathered some 10,000 books, because you know, we're, we're coming out of the woodwork. Um, <laughs> so that's what I did. And, and, and those teachers, Gangaji, and these are, these are all teachers I sat with, and you know, I didn't necessarily shake their hand, but you know I was in close proximity to them. Um, Gangaji, Eli Jackson Bear, um, Francis Lucille, Andrew Cohen, uh a student of Ganges name named Solene, Michael Regan um uh, uh, yeah Arjuna Nick Ardaw uh, it, I'm not going to keep going down the list but yeah I, I spent quite a number of years uh, chasing you, those guys around and, did you ever did he, wonder
0: whether you might be a bit of a dilettante jumping around from one to the other I was opposed... totally pro yeah I was totally
1: a whore <laughs> yeah, I had this little black book, and I was just like, "Yeah, gonna, I want to," you know. I didn't care, you know, and, and and that's a little different about my seeking history as opposed to others is that, you I I never wanted to join the club, you know. I I just couldn't do even with Adi Da. I never I, I never, I was a friend. They had this organizational setup, and that was kind of like the least involvement you can have. Um, I didn't tie. They didn't do any of that. I didn't, and and. I was not interested in the cult vibe, and so joining any club was not my cup of tea. Um, fortunately, most of these teachers, Gangaji and uh, Samuel Bonder, whom I did not mention before, who um, I also have had a, a, uh, sat with and a lot of, did a lot of great programs with. Um, they weren't they, they were asking you to join their club. Yeah, you know they they weren't they weren't it, it had it had progressed from guru on throne to hey man you know i I'm taking this throne and I'm throwing it away, and I'm going to sit down in the audience with you and That was just awesome mm-hmm. so that's what i did is 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 I took that invitation to heart and I sat with all of them and what I saw and got out of it was that they're all in a sense there's that there's this process and i've I've whittled it down when I'm communicating to people about it that you're that you you get when you're when you sit with teachers like that there's the, there's there's three things that you're trying to do, and that's self. You're trying to get a grip on self-awareness, self-acceptance, and then what I call transference, which is just sitting with the vibe of the teacher and picking up on it. Um, so I didn't. There were teachers I sat with I just plain didn't like. You know, I just did not like them. But I knew that I was still getting something good out of it. It was still good medicine. So I just did that and sat with as many teachers as I possibly could. So.
0: Mm-hmm the next buddha is the sangha you've probably heard that one
1: yeah 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 or, yeah and that is the truth of that is 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 happening w- would you like me to for for people who are watching this to explain specifically kind of what happened in my own awakening process yeah i'm sure yeah. that would be interesting let's do it o- okay um so which which is kind of leads up to the, the those 21 days that, that, I, that I spoke of in in my own instance It was in 2004 um, that I had uh, my first awakening experience, um, where um, it was I was actually just was with my wife. We were swimming at some quarry out in West Virginia near my parents' house, and I just started feeling very, very strange. And then within about an hour, um, I ballooned into a state that normally took me sitting with satsang teachers. About um, well, I should say within a few minutes, I ballooned into this state that normally would take me half an hour to an hour sitting with satsang teachers. Let me and just
0: interject a question here. Yeah. When you weren't sitting with teachers, which obviously yeah. you weren't most of the time, did you have like a daily practice of any kind that you would do?
1: No, I, at, I had been so… Uh, that, that the, the notion of doing something um, or making any um, repetitive uh, efforts ruined any of me doing any of that. All
0: right. right. So, you so see, mainly you just, like, lived your life as a normal guy, and then yeah. one, when you got the chance, you sat with teachers.
1: Exactly. And and, and, and sitting
0: with them shifted your awareness.
1: Yeah. yeah. Sitting with them shifted my awareness. Um, and, um, yeah, I'm no Zen pillow, no uh, meditating for three hours first thing in the morning, no yoga practice, no drugs, um, <laughs> no... Uh, Prostrations to the guru, you know, none of that. Um,
0: so anyway, I interrupt. Right, so, um, continue on. Yeah. Oh, that's you're, you're out swimming in the quarry,
1: right? And so, I'm, I'm gonna, am I'm gonna condense what happened. Um, essentially, it led to the to the this this awakening occurring, and uh, it was shocking. It was it was. Um, uh not not what I had expected, despite fifteen years of seeking and thirty two hundred volumes of books read and you know four weeks worth of video watched here Here it was, and just blew me away. Um, it was uh the the way that I describe it is 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 it was more of an animal awakening than a spiritual awakening. I returned to my body in a way that I never had before. And, um, I guess, uh, you, I could point to the classical notion of non-separation of no-self, um, but that wasn't, that was part of it. That it wasn't entirely it for me.
0: But what it was
1: for me was I wasn't it, it depressed anymore. I didn't feel like shit anymore. Um, so, because I, like, this, this whole body well-being returned, um... And um, just – it, 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 I think that – yeah, it was just, again, as I said before, it was just shocking to discover, oh, this is this awakening. Um, it's an, so, it's an, I had an awakening, that, uh, I would say. An awakening, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I – one of – so then what happened is that for about five or six years, I oscillated in and out of that. Um, for the first couple of years after that, I had um, – I would – be in it for, let's say, a month or two out of the year, and then the rest of the year I wouldn't. And I would drop down, back down to existential depression. I would drop back down to feeling pretty shitty again.
0: Even more um, so, perhaps, by contrast with the... Yeah, because, yeah, it, yeah
1: absolutely. It's like, it's like, you know, a UFO comes down, takes you off to the far corners of the galaxy, and says... You know, shows you their home planet, and then this fantastic and great. And you're seeing all these wonderful things, and then in about five seconds, they drop you back down on the street, back at home.
0: Yeah, in Hoboken. Yeah, it's like uh. <laughs> you don't know that what you definitely... got till it's gone. Yeah. So. Okay. And uh, so, in other words, you had an awakening, but it wasn't abiding; it was intermittent for five years. you said.
1: Right, and uh, then. In, oh, let me in just ask the,
0: one more question in here. During those five years, as sure. it was, when it was intermittent, was it um, alternating You know, the existential depression with the same quality of awakening, or did the quality of the awakening seem to be growing or getting enhanced as you alternated back and forth between it and
1: ordinary state? Quality was the same. Okay. Whenever I would have an awakening um, episode, um, it would be the same. Um, and um, that is pretty consistent, really, till to 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 this day. Um, I, I'll I'll detail a little bit about what I you know what awakening is for me today, um, as opposed to those those five years. At the, so at the end of the in 2010, um, I was reading. I'm I'm going to jump right to to the end of my seeking for the last for the last five years, which was after my son Jeremy was born, he's five years old, um, I, I just didn't sit with teachers. I was just done with it. I I, I was like I'd gotten all that I could, uh, plus I was in a circumstance having a small child and uh, a mortgage and a job that I couldn't go gallivanting across the country anymo- anymore. So I, um, I just stopped, and I, I did a few... Uh, Skype interviews with uh, a waking down teacher named Ted Strauss, and that was that was about it really. I interviewed um, Ted. You may have yeah, seen that. Yeah, yeah, he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then in 2010, I was reading uh, a uh, online article by a fellow named Steve Norquist, um, which apparently this article was pretty popular and made its way around the internet. And I read it and just damn, it just it just spoke to me at a time when I guess my fruit was ripe and was ready to drop and um, it ballooned me immediately into a heightened uh, awakened state Um, and uh, um, what happened after that was that I I felt like wow this was extraordinary Um, and um, I I, I felt like something was different about it but I wasn't going to believe it you know, and so what? What I did was I started the journal and I, and and said to myself, okay, let's just see how this pans out. And so then, lo and behold, the, the greatest gift and the greatest thing that that panned out of that was that the existential depression was gone, and it has not been. You know, for me, that's what. The, um, that was it, what the greatest part of. of it the, just hasn't come back. It just has not come back. Now, if if I could describe. You know, in that moment, in Steve Norquist's article, it was about no self and the concept of, and this is, a, and it would be good to touch upon this for readers because that, that's often a confusing, a very confusing notion. It's like, what is no self? It's talked about quite a bit. And I didn't really get it until I read his article. And for me, the article was very just poignant and um, ruthless. There's no self. In other words, there's no small self. There's no large self. There's, there's no consciousness um, or special place or special part of you that you're separate from that you think is out there somewhere that you need to get to. In other words, there's no large self out there, and there's no small self. It just collapsed the whole idea of self for me. Um, so there, you're just what that does is it returns you back to here and now and to the moment. And to your entire makeup without separation, there's your body, there's mind, there's uh, your your energetic being, all of it, but there's and and you're here and there's nothing else. It's very cut and dry. So I didn't really you know I didn't really understand that that, that still subtly holding off for some grander notion of awareness or consciousness flow down into me and give me something that these teachers, I thought that they had. And it wasn't that at all. It was just that I realized that the consciousness that I have, that you have, that everybody has, is the awakened consciousness, and that there's no, the, the, the idea of a self, small or large, is just a fantasy made up by the mind. Um, so that, again, that was the thing that kind of did it for me. Um, and then after that, no more existential depression. And the cherry on top, is that, is that any way you can state I get to have these moments like mentioned in my book where I just call it magic something where these beautiful um, classically uh, it, what one could point to as a classical kind of enlightenment moments where there is no sense of an, another there's no sense of um, uh, being disassociated from environment uh, people uh, life. Um, and I can feel it in my body when this happens. I, my posture gets better. I feel like I'm walking about two feet off the ground. My vision goes to the front of my eyeballs. My senses all get heightened a little bit. Um, my heart basically opens up and expands. And it's a peak experience, and it's part of the awakenings process, but I'm, I'm not in that state 100% of the time. And I think that you would be hard-pressed to find any teacher um, like the ones that you interview that would acknowledge that they're in that heightened state 100% of the time. I think that that's an energetic state and, and we, we go back down to a normal level. And, and so most of the time, I'm, I'm, I'm in that normal level. 21 days, the book that I wrote is just how it happens to be about a good 75, 80 percent of those days where I was in a heightened state and then 20, 20 um, or 20% percent I should say, was I was just in a normal state. Um, am I making sense? Yeah, yeah
0: you are. Uh, in my experience, and let me see if you agree with this. Um, you know, my heightened state ten years ago, let's say, is my normal state today. So it doesn't seem heightened anymore. Right. And, and today's heightened state will probably be my normal state ten years from now. I'm just saying ten years as a case in point. I, I like know. that idea. That's yeah. It's yeah. like you know, we get used to stuff. Right. And um, you know, we get and we. We integrate, we acclimate, we embody, whatever you want to call it, and uh, and the way I see it, there's like this: if you imagine a line that's going upwards, but it kind of fluctuates up and down as it right. goes upwards. That's right. kind of the way it works. If you're a- on the spiritual path, there's this: you have your ups and downs, but there's a general upward trend. Right. If if the we word upward is yeah. appropriate, you know.
1: It, and I and I wanted to, I, I wanted to. In, in this book, um, and, and and also I wanted to mention my web, uh, my my blog too, which really is about that. My, um, is it okay if I? If I yeah, and of course up? I'll
0: be linking to anything you want me to link to. Okay. Uh, but it, it, if you want to just mention it, that's fine.
1: It, yeah, sure. Because it's 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 uh, um, it's important in, in the sense that that I that that uh, people know that this is available out there. That um, not. There's still there's I guess this is the point I'm making and I have a blog that's called politically incorrect enlightenment and um, there is still a little bit although we've 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 evolved in the way that awakening teachers rep- present themselves to the world there's still uh, you know as much as I love some of the larger teachers that we mentioned earlier there's still a, a little bit of of, of slick sheen. That's still there. For instance, if you go sit with one of these um, individuals with three or four hundred people, they're still on a pedestal. And they got a microphone in front of them. They've got beautiful flowers sitting next to them, and there's a golden curtain behind them. So there's a there's a little bit of a disconnect with who you think that they are and who they are for real. And um, I really wanted to make it a point um, in my book and in my blog that you know my <laughs> the 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 subtitle of my blog is if a schmuck like me can wake up, so can you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of wanted to bring the, the the idea of awakening down into uh, the very, very ordinary. And um, and and what that does, I think, and I've heard this from people who've visited my blog and have um, read my book, that it makes it, it by presenting it in such ordinary fashion, it makes it all the more attainable for them. It doesn't seem like some huge, lofty, horrendous effort that they're going to have to make to get there. Um, Because at the end of the day, I'm not Superman. You know, it's like I'm not uh, some, some enlightened guru yogi character. I'm a guy who has a mortgage. I get frustrated at my dog. I, you know, I'm I'm capable. Get this, I'm capable of not liking my neighbors. You know, I'm I have all. It's like the, the that's the element that I paint is that the ego does not go away. Um, I think that you do transcend the ego. Um, in other words, ego is no longer in the in the pilot seat. Um, consciousness, your your true nature, conscious awareness is in the pilot seat, and ego's in the co-pilot seat. So I have it's like I have no problem with with ego. Um, And I I let it run wild, and on attaining pi, politically incorrect enlightenment, I just let it run wild. I I let it, you know, be potty mouthed and funny, and try to paint a picture that's a little more down to earth, a little more lighthearted, a little more sarcastic, um, and not so, um, not so, God, you know, lotus filled pictures on websites and ugh, Buddhas and, you know, just, I'm just so tired of, you know, got, got so tired of all that. So I wanted there to be, I wanted there to be a, a just a real nitty gritty explanation of some dude who went through the process and woke up and, you know, I'm not sitting on cloud nine somewhere.
0: Yeah. Well, that, that whole, what you just said evokes a number of questions in me. Um, one is uh you know if you're speaking to 300 people you kind of need a podium and a microphone you don't you don't have to wear robes <laughs> well, robes you're and, right yeah, yeah, yeah you're you, right. you know unless you're going to shout um, <laughs> and uh but you know a lot of these guys are very down to earth. Like Adyashanti, for instance. He's, yeah. he's, people make a fuss about him, but he's a pretty normal guy. I, I brought him to my town to to yeah. speak, and we had lunch and stuff. And yeah. you know, he had a burger, and mostly we talked about movies yeah. we movies and TV shows we liked, and uh, the fact that he likes to decorate a big Christmas tree at Christmas time. And You know that kind of stuff. He likes to play poker and listen to Frank Sinatra records. (laughs) He like
1: fishing. I should go fishing with him. He
0: probably would. I don't know. He likes. You know what he does do is he takes a few weeks off every year and goes hiking in the Sierras and camping and stuff. And you know, and he used to work in a machine shop and be a bicycle racer. I mean, so you know. But you said ego doesn't go away, and what I think often happens is that because it doesn't go away, uh, the the remnants of it. Uh, get aggrandized by all the attention. In the case of some spiritual teachers, they don't manage to re- retain their ordinariness, and it, the whole thing gets really weird. And I might reference Adi Da as a case in yeah, point. Sure. <laughs> sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 Adi Da is definitely a bit of a mystery. Um, I mean, he comes from that from the era of the 70s, where there were the Maharishi Mahesh Yogis and the you know the Osho's and yeah, yeah. the that was the that was the platform that they used. And um, he did he used that platform, and uh, fortunately, it's changed. You know.
0: So. Yeah, for the most part, it has. There's still examples of that. Um, there's.
1: Still it, it's. B- I think that when I when I'm talking about like. The, the the satsang teachers today, it, you can't help but that to happen. They have to be politically correct when they are talking to three or four hundred people. Um, yeah, and they have to use a microphone. So the circumstances set that up, essentially, um, that there's a, a little bit of that sheen that I spoke of. Right. But if they people allow
0: people to be touching their feet and giving them flowers and, and, you know. Yeah, well, they don't. No, they don't do that. No, <laughs> they don't. But some people do, you know. I
1: guess they. Is that still going on? I don't know. It depends. (laughs) I mean,
0: it's usually more of an Indian thing. Yeah. Uh, You know, uh,
1: Indian gurus. You know, I I think I think it's all. I I I sat with Adi Da. I had I had no. I was able to like. I had no problem with that. Mm -hmm. That was his modus operandi. That's fine. It wasn't. It was. You know, that's not going to be for everybody. You Mm -hmm. know, Not, not everybody's is is suited toward. Receiving this kind of teaching, you know, in a politically incorrect fashion from a potty mouth guy who likes to go fly fishing and drink tequila, you know, <laughs> they need that. They they want, and people need that type of reverence and um, sacredness. And well, I'm, I'm also, all for that. You know, yeah. I
0: th- as you were about to say, and I think devotion and reverence and all that can be a very valuable element in one's yeah. path. I mean, I love to go to Siama, you know, the Hugging Saint, yeah. a couple sure. times a year. I have a picture of her behind me, uh, and there's a lot of that stuff yeah. going on around her um, yeah. and it's, you know, I have a wonderful time and then I come home and I resume my normal life and interview right. ordinary people and right. um, so, but, you know, there are people who really thrive on that kind of scene and, and fine, you know, maybe they won't thrive on it 20 years from now, maybe they will feel like it was a certain stage in their lives, but if it if it does it for them now, it's all po- more power to
1: them. Yeah, yeah we, we, are, we are at a, here we are, you know, what is it, uh, 21, 21 Twenty days. Twenty days until December twenty-first, two thousand and twelve. Oh yeah. You know, and so, and I've written about that on, on, on my blog in a, in, a, in a funny fashion. But we're we're that's what I think it represents more than anything, is that we are now at a point where we don't need the thrones and the and the the gurus. Um, that it's available to to to, to individuals. That. Um, and uh, that are like you and me, Rick, and a lot of the the, the teachers that you have on BatGap that mm-hmm. are just way down to earth, and that 's an awesome thing that 's happened and that 's kind of like that 's the age of Aquarius that we 're entering into where this this um, teaching and awakening and information about it is available twenty four hours a day, three hundred sixty five days a year on the internet and through all sorts of teachers, etc and if yeah if anything. Because I, I still know that there are people out there that are, um, they still have a limited belief about enlightenment or awakening, um, about its attainability, right. and about um, it being some lofty enterprise, because they're still, they still have, their information about it is still stuck in the autobiography of a yogi era. And um, that's—it's good to speak to those people to to let them, you know, to know that awakening, um, albeit not what you think it is, you know, but it is a great thing and it is available to just normal people now. And um, even my own seeking history, which was twenty years, unfortunately, you know, I, I think today. That if you are, if you if you if you live in an area where there are a number of teachers and you apply yourself um, and and don't have too much of a cluttered notion of what awakening or spirituality is about, I'm going out on a limb here, but I would say that from start to finish, you could do this whole thing in a couple of years, um, n- n- concentrated, you know, um, but. I, I do think it's possible, and I think that what's happening is that you're starting to see, and this is evidence from your website, a lot of. Indi- there was the '90s where, where Papaji flooded the market with a, a, a number of teachers that came over, and now what we're seeing is the market getting even more flooded. Um, oh, a terrible word to use for what what's happening, but the,
2: <laughs> our society
1: is is getting. Is that's the business person in me speaking, sorry. Um, our society is, is that now, like, I'm like the third or fourth generation of Papaji individuals. I, I learned from Gangaji and um, from Ann Cohen and from um, Arjuna. Arjuna, yeah. And now, and it took me a while, and now I'm here, and and, and there's lots of guys like me out there and, 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 and gals out there like me. And, and so that's great, so now what 's going to happen is it's going to you know go even further, so
0: yeah no I, I I like that, and I don't think that it's going to be watered down merely because there are succeeding generations um, right and I'd like to offer a proviso, which is that um, well, first of all, one of the motivations that Caused me to start this whole program is to illustrate just what you said, which is that awakening is a lot more common than people realize, right. and it, it doesn't necessarily have to be the kind of stuff Yogananda talked about, you know, flashy stuff. Right. And because right. if, right. if people are fixated on on that, then they can spend their whole lifetime looking for something that's never going to happen anyway. Right. <laughs> um, and all sorts of people on, in all sorts of circumstances are having the kinds of awakenings that we're alluding to here. Right. Um, so there's that. On the other hand, I'd like to sort of play devil's advocate and say that, um, you know, you said that if you really focus on it, you could do it in two years. I think it's an ongoing process, personally, from my experience and my observation, that um, anybody you talk to, no matter how enlightened they may seem to be, is still still has plenty of uh, ground to cover, and, even, and a lot of them realize it, a lot of them don't realize it. Uh, hmm. Someone just got in touch with me recently whom I had interviewed a year or two ago, and at that point she was like, you know, I'm done, there's nothing to do, and so on. And then uh, she just got in touch again and said, oh, I was so wrong, there's so much more, and, and <laughs> I, I just had all these realizations afterwards. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a friend. I'm talking a little bit much here, but this will give you a no, break. That's fine, Rick, yeah. Um, I have a friend who is in his mid-60s, lives a very ordinary life, uh, you know, wife, couple of kids, works in a factory as a designer. And um, he was awakened in the sense that we're talking about back when he was a child, basically, you know, 10, 12, 15 years old. Uh, He's been progressing ever since. I took a walk with him recently, and he was describing the nature of his experience. He said, well, you know, I mean, well, he's just ordinary guy. Say, so, well, I I see millions of souls coming in and out of me all the time. I see gods and and celestial beings as a routine part of my ordinary experience. I never yeah. lose awareness during sleep. There's this pure inner light that just per- is a perpetuum. Yeah. Um, and you know, and then we got back to talking about ordinary stuff. Uh, and uh, you know, we've gone skiing together, just done ordinary things. Mm. So. You know, I don't want to somehow hang people up with looking for the flash again after everybody's gotten uh, comfortable with the notion that it doesn't have to be flashy, but I want to suggest that yeah. there's no end to it. And I- and right. if if you reach what you feel is a, a platform of clear, absolute realization or something, eventually you're going to be yeah. able to see details within that, and you're going to realize right. that, that that sort of flat... Um, non-personal absolute is a lively field of all possibilities, and you'll begin to explore those possibilities. Right.
1: I I, I know what you're talking about, and and I um, uh, I guess I'm more of the nature of someone who's arrived to a, a plane of of well-being that I'm okay with, and I I was just exhausted from the hike up the mountain. Yeah. And, and I'm resting here. That's perfectly <laughs> that's, good. That's, yeah. 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 That's, and that's no, great. I, yeah. Yeah. That's that's really how I feel right now. Is that <laughs> you know I'm I'm happy just to not do anything that has any you know that really is uh, oriented toward seeking or development or growth or or uh, expanding this. How that being said, I mean, yeah, I know from experience that sometimes there there are subtleties to um, to this process that just happen. And I have I have felt those. I have felt that there, this past summer I had an episode around this around the summer solstice where I felt there's a lot of influx of energy that I really couldn't attribute to anything that I was doing. Um, and um, I had to like seek outside sources. And I, I went to some psychics and some body energy work, and I was like, "What is going on?" And she's like, "Oh, there's a." large amount of energy that is, you know, this, I guess earth-based energy or whatever that I was really feeling into, and so that was new for me, that was new, um, and I'm not, I also don't discount that there are subtleties, and I, I think once once you've come so far down the path, Rick, and you're, you're you know, that you, you're not, you never, you never get so close-minded to think that, oh, this is it. You know this. That this is. You know this is. I've reached the finite tippy top of the mountain, and it's just not going to get any more happier or perfect than this. And I have arrived. You know, and I'm totally done. You know. Now, well, yeah, I mean, I'm glad you're
0: saying that because yeah. I have actually I have people email me saying just yeah. that. You know, I'm totally yeah. awakened, and there's nothing more. And mm-hmm. I always say, okay, wait and see. Yeah. You know, and yeah, they I, might they might wait for a lifetime. They might wait for decades. But I but, will but say.
1: I, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you you continue. I made the point. It's it's you know I will say that you know in, 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 if you want to wake up well then yeah there is a point where you have to say you know god damn it this is what I want yeah yeah you know and 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 you put your foot down and you say hey, this is not good enough for me this this is you know whatever I'm feeling is not good enough and I want I want this to resolve itself and you want results you know and you want to cross the threshold and you want to arrive to a point where you're like yes you, you know I had. For years with these teachers, I was like, "Why is it? What is it that they have that I don't have that allows them to sit there and get sad or say that they're awake to write books, etc.? And that was also a that was a very, you know, um, it was a very uh, good litmus test and a, a a point that I kept with me those as, as that whole time. As I, I wanted that, I wanted to like, you know, I wanted results. I wanted to feel like you know that. Um, again, not necessarily some grand super-duper enlightenment or anything, but I-, I wanted to feel better, I wanted to feel okay, I wanted the existential depression to go away. So you do, absolutely. You know, don't don't get to thinking that there's some wimpy part of this that, you, you know, that you can just float along and this thing's going to happen to you. But there's definitely an applied amount of energy and effort and longing that needs to be had during the awakening enlightenment process. And you've got to, like, put that you gotta put that thing to the grindstone. You gotta let it just chew you up, you know. And it's uncomfortable. Um, but I did that, and um, this is there's a there's a this is a something I'm fond of saying is that in order to transcend the ego, you have to have an ego big enough to think you can actually transcend it. <laughs> um, and so yeah, so I felt I felt that I was just like I wasn't I wasn't I had no problem with. You know the fact that this is what I wanted, and I'm going to go for it, damn it! And so that applied pressure in the in the uh, in the uh, crucible of the awakening process was was important for me. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, Patanjali, the author of the Yoga Sutras, talks Mm -hmm. about yogis with vehement intensity as being those who realize the quickest. But then, on right. the other hand, when he when he outlines the characteristics of awakening, santosh is one of them, which means contentment. You know, so at a certain point, uh, contentment dawns, which in my yeah. experience, kind of uh, dissolves that vehement intensity. You're no longer beating yeah. yourself over the head or or whatever. and You're perfectly content with the way things are. That doesn't yeah. mean that there couldn't be further growth, but it's on yeah. the kind of foundation of, you know, no more existential uh, depression.
1: Right. Yeah, I don't have... I mean, there's there's two sides to that coin. I don't have an intensity that manifests itself as, as um, me wanting to get something or seeking. Not anymore, uh, but
0: you used to. I mean, you were travel, to, traveling all over the place and reading all this stuff. And, you
1: know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but once, again, I, I wanted to cross that threshold, and I did. And so now all that really remains is there's an intensity of life that comes with awakening, or like you're this... I think what happens is in, is that you become a more more vulnerable and volatile and intense with just your whole being. In other words, if I get if I get emotional or mad about something, damn it, I'm mad, mm. you know. Or if I'm if, if I, I in other words, there's no holding back. Right, right. I, I'm not I'm not denying any of the parts of my personality or being or whatever. I'm just like. Uh, um intense about it like for instance here's a good one for people that I think would understand you know i have desires i want to make money you know i, I want to uh, manifest for my family and for my life, you know, everything that I possibly can. I, I'm not in denial of that. I'm, I, I don't want to be poor. I don't want to, you know, I want to have roof over my head. So I have those, there's a sort of an intensity where I'm not in denial of any of those elements of life either, where I want all of those, want, 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 want you know. It's like, well, you should not be wanting anything. You're free of all desire and want. It's like, you're not a recluse. <laughs> Yeah, and like even that. if he were a
0: recluse, recluse yeah. wants food and he wants a certain amount of shelter, yeah. and you know they they, they right, minimize yeah. their desires. But I don't think it's possible to live without him. You know, right. if, you, if you put a, a muzzle over his mouth, he's going to want air real bad pretty soon. Right. <laughs> yeah. that, that's,
1: that's damn true. So I mean, there's that. That's a good. That's a good. I, and what helped me? Here's here's this is into another seg which I think would be good. What helped me all those years with my intimate contact? with awakened teachers, very yeah. important, was that, A, I'm picking up subtly in some um, unknown mysterious way on their transmission, and on their transference, as I called it earlier. Very, very important. It's like there's a, Napoleon Hill had a quote from some of the, who, who wrote Think and Grow Rich, what was that, in the 30s or something, about all these characters that he wrote about, you know, Henry Ford included. Um they subscribe to that. If you want to like be in that club, you need to hang out with people in that club, mm-hmm. um, and 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 you pick up on their subtleties, on their on their the way that they hold themselves, the way that they that they that they speak, the way that they interact with it. That's that your it's like your subconscious slowly over time picks up on that, yeah. and then like in my own case, what happens is it finally just clicks. It finally clicks for you that your body gets it. Um, And so I I have found that that interaction with teachers was very, very important. But what did it for me, though, was I, and this is part B of it, was that I got to meet them at the airport and take them to my home when I, Solonet and Michael Regan and a couple, and Arjuna actually did a workshop with him, where they, you know, I got to see the nitty gritty about them. They weren't perfect. I'm talking like cigarettes. You know, and, and curse words, and you know, and all these imperfections. I was like, "Wow, you mean you know, I don't have to perfect myself in order to do this?" You know, it's like, no. And and so, getting I in in that contact with them, I was really able to see, wow, if they can do it, they're just normal people, then I can do it too. So those two elements, that subtle transference, and then and hanging out with them, over time, um, and and with 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 and that could be reading a book or satsang, meditating, or having a, a really deep, intimate conversation with them. Um, that is what what made the whole alchemical process of awakening occur for me. And I think that that's what's essentially happening, at least among the Advaita non-dual Zen teachers, which seem to be the, the, primarily what you have on that gap. Um, I think that's the process that they're involved in. Is 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 that um, mysterious process of transference where you're with the teacher? Because none of them are descri- are prescribing a ten-step program to get from point A to point B to do awakening. You know, there's not a a yoga path that you're taking or some intense three-hour meditation. Most of their process is is about intimate, deep conversation, acceptance, self-awareness, and then. Uh, that magical process of just being with the teacher. So. Yeah,
0: no, I think that it's definitely a, a practice—not uh, a practice. It's it's definitely a viable a method of mm-hmm. awakening. Is the proximity with the enlightened? Mm-hmm. In fact, the ancient scriptures say that they, yeah. they they count you know the company of the enlightened or the so-called as being a, you know one of the most important things you can do for right. for awakening. Uh, and I think that, as you said, there is a sort of a subtle. Actual mechanics to it going on that probably mm. involves the nervous system and the s- right. you know, subtle aspects of the nervous system and everything else there 's a kind of a transference or a, an attunement or an entrainment or a transmission right. or whatever you want to call it and uh, I see uh, that on the, the other hand the there are, there, on the other hand there are techniques and practices that one can do totally on one 's own that mm. um, can accomplish the same thing if if the proximity of a teacher is not available. Um, even reading books like you did uh ha- had a profound effect you know that sure. can that can have an influence and there there are meditation practices one can do and you know all kinds of things so so there are many ways to pull a table across the room or at least four you know you grab any one of its legs and all the other legs are going to come along so you know that's just my take on it that you know let's not get fundamentalists and say it has to be this way there's all oh, there's a whole right. po- potpourri of things that Is can... There-
1: yeah, there are, and you you are absolutely correct about. It. There's all sorts of modalities that you can undergo to facilitate, for instance, um, developing self-awareness or developing uh, bodily, physical health and attunement, which is which is not separate from this from from this course. Um, the it's just that every every individual has their you know in, in moving that table as you said across the room. I was like, what 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 can I do that, that I can just touch it, and it moves a whole bunch of feet. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and it, like, slides across the ice, you know? Yeah. And that's what I wanted was, was that. And for me, that was, you know, damn, that's all I gotta do is shut it off. And, you know, so that was like it for me, but you are correct. There's, there's a lot of, there are a yeah. lot of modalities that assist people in, 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 in that process. That was just my cup of tea. Um, and it, and it yeah. did the trick for me. I think
0: it does the trick for a lot of people. And, you know, and on the ordinariness point, um, mm. You know, it's funny. I was out at the Science and Non-Duality conference mm. in, in California f- about a month ago, and we sat down. I sat down at breakfast with uh, my friend Igor Kufayev, whom I've interviewed, and mm. we sat down with this guy, and he said whoa, I said, I feel like I'm with a couple of movie stars. I said, come off it, man. I said, you know, everybody poops. Everybody <laughs> – I don't, actually. I don't. <laughs> you yeah, it. when I woke up, I actually started Con, – Converted in. into pure <laughs> soma, right? Um, I said, you know, it's just because you've seen us on the Internet, and you know a lot, a lot of people have, it doesn't mean we're like special or something. Just, you know, we're just ordinary guys. You know? <laughs> I said, there is that kind of like – it's a human tendency, I guess, yeah. for pe- people to want to – Glamorize, yeah. you know these characters, and you know, we see it all the time with you know Justin Bieber and Lindsay Lohan, and yeah. you know so much of the news cycle is made up of talking about these people who are really just ordinary folks that happen to have come s- to some you know more mass uh, publicity.
1: Yeah, it, which is again why, why, why? Like, I think we're seeing a, a time where there's more teachers who aren't doing that, who are specifically um, like. Um, um, bringing it a little more down-to-earth and and a little bit more real, but you can't, yeah, you can't escape. It's like I had somebody gripe about the fact that, you know, well, just in general, that my website's called Politically Incorrect Enlightenment, and I had attained to something. Well, you've got to advertise. You've got to market yourself. You have to, like, get the word out. Yeah, what do you got to do? Yeah, and, and and if that gets, you know, I will settle for a little... Sensationalism. There, I will settle for a little bit of, you know, uh, um, um, I'm not sure. Exaggeration is the term that year, but a little bit of flamboyance in order to get people's attention. You know, and a lot of times you have to. Uh, this was a. This was something that. Uh, uh, was said to me over this this past summer that I thought was really true. In order to, a lot of times you have to. Um, to get people in the door, um, in order to give them what they need, you have to speak to them and um, give them what they want at first. And then and then once they've gotten that, then you can give them what they need. And I have found that there's no way I could have done, you know, I like, I, I like having a website called Politically Incorrect Enlightenment. Do I go around telling my friends and family that I'm enlightened? Hell no. You know, like, that word is just ridiculous, in, in, you know, in our days. But i got to use it. You got to use that word.
0: Yeah, Yeah. you just need to qualify it a bit, you know, and and kind of divest it of its superlative, static, you know, lofty connotations.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah, and and there's there's no, you know, I I have another website that I'm doing that is. I'm next year. um, I'm going to begin marketing and and advertising for a a, um, uh, a consulting service that's I'm calling Enlightenment Consulting Services. So I, you know, I have to use that. I have to use that. Uh, term, so that people will know what I'm talking about, um, and then, as you said, then you kind of bring it down to, you know, you bring it back down to earth and tell people, okay, this is what this is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the the golden Buddha thing. Well, if you're really going to be helpful to people,
0: then right. you have to put it. You have to bring it to the. You don't. You don't need to dumb it down, but you need to bring it to the to the uh, a level of understand. Have to yeah. kind of ma- make it understood that it's something that's attainable for them. It's not like right. um, you know, light years right. beyond them. Yeah. Right. You know. Well, that's, that's, I mean, I,
1: I think. Go ahead.
0: Sorry. No, go. You go ahead. I was going to change the subject. You continue.
1: Okay. Well, I was just going to say that that that's that was the approach in my book too, where I wanted. Um, I I didn't use, as you know, I didn't use any spiritual. Religious psychological vernacular in my book, because mm-hmm. um, I just I just couldn't do it. I just was like, I, I just I think there's enough books out there about enlightenment or, or awakening that point to this. So I did that word is not in the book. Enlightenment or awakening is not in the book, um, and I just simply described it from an emotional body-based point of view of what this thing is like, mm-hmm. um, and um, I think that does. If, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think that that does help people a lot to hear it in a different language. Um, and um, But I can't market a book called 21 Days, a, a Guide for Spiritual Beginners without using the word awakening or enlightenment. So, sure. You know.
0: I was going to bring up the topic of ego a little bit more, because at one sure. point you were saying, you know, you read this book that had a profound influence on you, in which the guy really drove it home, that there is no personal self you know right. and on the other hand you, were, you a little bit later you were saying well yeah but we all have an ego and i don't maybe i don't like my neighbors or i or this yeah. or that uh, so how do you reconcile those two concepts and of let's no let self. me throw another question in here yeah, i good. mean yeah maybe this Maybe this ego that we still have is not what you mean by self. But I mean, let's mm-hmm. say you know, God forbid, your son should get hit by a car or something like that. There would be a lot of anguish there. Sure. It, 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 there wouldn't be like, oh well, he didn't have a self anyway, and neither do I. So it's just all the unfolding of the cosmic, you know, pl- uh, right. play. You know, there'd be a, right. a, a personal crisis. Right? Would there, would there not? Despite the fact, so how do you reconcile that with the notion that there's no self?
1: Right well i mean there's a there's a um a mysterious juxtaposition um between uh the concept of no self um and self um and how can you have two and and uh the way that i found it easy personally easiest to reconcile is Um, to take it out of the realm of when you say no-self and self and uh, ego, those are couching it in some nebulous terms, um, some verbal terms. So for me, um, let's look at it from a brain function. Um, This is a great book by... um, my stroke of insight you, you know that book oh uh yeah um the
0: lady who had the stroke jill uh, bolt taylor. Right, taylor right
1: right um right. so she she i mean it's it a great book um and it's a brain function so essentially what we're talking about i mean and, and this is black and white and i'm no neurosurgeon um but i can i if, if, if one asked me about awakening no self and all that con- all those concepts uh, there is a Quality to this to awakening that I feel is is similar to the left brain and right brain, um, where you could point to your creative right brain, um, amorphous, general, open-ended qualities of the right brain as no self, um, and then the controlling, specific, um, uh, um, s- separating, identifying parts of the left brain um, are the the sort of like the ego parts um, and so before awakening again very black and white here um, the left brain is more dominant and, and the right brain has the the let's the, 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 see is second in command and kind of after awakening those two things sort of flip. Um, so, I, for me personally, I'm not trying to reconcile. That's what ends with Awakening. I'm not trying to reconcile what is no-self, what is ego, what is... I, it's like you don't give a shit. It kind of, like, all collapses. And you realize that, that there's no separation between... Any, there is... Because there is no self... You know, it's just like you stop even trying to figure out what is ego and what is... And there's no denying any of it. It's it's a hard... It is It is a... What's the word I want to use? Um, that you know, it's um, this is a contradiction. It's 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 a mysterious contradiction, and there's you do kind of get it's a paradox. There's a damn word I was looking for. Yep. Yeah. There's, yeah. It's a paradox. Like how can I how can I feel like one part of my nature is empty and selfless and Um, is conscious awareness and has, you know, nothing is pure and clean and whatever. You know, how can I feel that? But at the same time, you know, there's a part of me that is a stubborn, grumpy son of a bitch. You know, I don't know. It is is a bit of a paradox. And so I kind of like, I just throw the paradox out, and I say, okay, left brain, right brain, here's what's happening. You know, And, and that was how I kind of like reconciled. Those two ideas. Does that answer the question?
0: Very well, actually. Okay. I, and uh, you know, I love the word paradox. I think juxtaposition yeah. is also a good word. Yeah. And um, I don't know if it really breaks down to left brain, right brain. I don't know if that's what's going on in the physiology mm-hmm. to account for this uh, sense yeah. of their simultaneously being a self and no self and who's right. in control and all that. It could be much more sophisticated than. Oh, than, it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm. I'm. You know, <laughs> I'm neither unlike. of us are neurophysiologists. Um, but you know, I mean, here's a good example that I like to use. Let's say I have this pen here, right? And mm. it's a pen. It's plastic and rubber and, and ink and stuff. Uh, but a physicist would tell us that on some level there is no pen here. It's all just sort of virtual fluctuations and probabilities and whatnot. There's no physical thing, mm. and that's that's probably ultimately the more true reality of the situation. But practically speaking, we see a pen, we use a pen, and the most enlightened person that ever lived is still going to see a pen and perhaps be able to use it. So I, f- from my perspective these days, uh, this whole awakening-enlightenment game boils down to um, you know, expanding the range of one's perspective, mm. uh, or having it be expanded or whatever, to incorporate the paradoxical juxtaposition, juxta- positional realities um, you know so you can simultaneously say you know there is a mountain and there is no mountain mm. uh, I I'm,
1: a- I'm an advocate for the pen
0: yeah. I'm an advocate for the
1: mountain I'm, I'm not i I, I and you're an advocate for the for there there
0: is a Jeff Dixon who wants yeah. to make to make money and, and yeah. ra- raise his family his son properly and all but on this, on the, another level in your experience there isn't a Jeff Dixon
1: right I mean, R- right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I you know, I'd have to say uh, the the practicalities of being in this world um uh body and mind. Um I that's what I'm an advocate for. However, my heart, you know, who, who who am I? You know, what is what is really going on? Yes, it's bigger than that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and it is it is dominant. Uh right. and and this is what you what you work at when when you get into the awakening business is is how can you make that dominant? How can you make that be there all the time? So yes, there is a just, there is a despite the Jeff Dixon and the ego and the struggles and all the rest of that. Uh, yeah, and, and heartbreak if, if that happens too. There is still a a a, a um a uh, tethered uh, line directly and concretely and absolutely to. Some mysterious open space of consciousness, of awakeness, of, of no self. Um, it's just that I don't, in my own personal, because um, I I had that experience in my process. We didn't go into it, but yes, I woke. I, I did have a like I, I had a part of my awakening process. So I did wake up to to consciousness. Um, there was a part where I the witness consciousness and witness awareness, where where that really solidified itself. But I found that that just wasn't good enough. It's like awakening to awareness and consciousness, this empty plane and field that, as the source, just did not do it for me. I needed it to, to like, arrive you know, great concept with, with the waking down teaching um, with Samuel Bonder. I needed it to go down. You know, and what I meant by down is I needed it to be right here um, and to ground itself right here. That's really what I was cons- what, what I wanted to. So I found that when I did that, it kind of marries the whole ball of wax. It marries consciousness with, um, with body, with mind, ego, with no ego, self with no self, all of it. And then once all of that is done, and you've arrived here, then you can take the whole kit and caboodle and just chuck it out the window. You know, you don't have to. And this is again, this is how it is for me. You right. know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm. You, you, we're all different, and for me, I was like, I worked. I again, I, I, it was a long, hard struggle for me to get up the top of the mountain. Once I got there, and I'm here now, it's like I'm freaking, I'm freaking done thinking about it. You know, I want to go <laughs> fly fishing. Thank you. <laughs> on, on the other hand,
0: you have you've you've written a book, and you have a couple of websites, and you, right. you, you're still quite, and you're doing this interview. You're still right. quite fascinated yeah. with the whole thing. You know? Yeah,
1: absolutely. There, there, there's, um, you know, here's, here's this is. It's so like, why am I doing it? Is why? What you know? Um, it's because there is there is still a, a a like um that's a that's a good point you brought up there, and I'm I'm uh, deny it at all. I mean, there there is still for me like this longing to interact with people and the world in a way that I can do so hundred utilizing 100% of who I am and I can be myself 100%. I'm I you know it gets tiring to be um uh, putting on your Clark Kent outfit all day long. It gets fucking tiring. It's like it's like you, you know you just don't want to do that anymore. And so how do you not do that is by having did do, doing things like this and writing a book and so and it has helped. I you know I was longing for that after awakening to Interact with people where I could just totally be myself, 100%, and having adult conversations with people like you and I are having right now, that um, that uh, really I guess that goes back to the part of like the elements of post awakening, you know, what, what what happens in the post awakening, and I I have found that that's definitely something for me is that is that um, I I'm not satisfied not having those types of conversations, and so all of this. Um, and my website and my book is is a concerted effort towards interacting with the world on um, for what is me the most satisfying and gratifying level that that I can. I mean that's not I'm not, and I I want to get to the impression that I'm poo pooing any other ways that in my life that I interact with people. I'm not. I mean it's 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 just there's you, you know. I want to have the quan. You know what the quan is? You know, no, Jerry, Jerry get, Oh yeah. You know,
0: so. Well, you know, it's like, did you, to use an example, which I don't mean to be offensive to anyone. Let's say you were a kindergarten teacher and you spent yeah. your your whole day hanging out with five-year-olds. Right. You'd want to yeah. get. You'd want to go and hang out with some adults later yeah. on. You know, yeah. I, I'm not sort of comparing quote-unquote unenlightened people to to five-year-olds, but you know what yeah. I mean. It's like there's a. There's a dimension to adult interaction in this right. in this example, which you're just not going to get with five-year-olds. And by the same token, there you you can't really talk about the kind of things you and I are talking about with the average person on the street, as delightful as that person may be. Right. So you want this? you want this dimension? And it seems nor- normal enough to me.
1: And, and and I want to, you know, I mean, uh, not everybody heads in this direction, but you know, having written a book and I have a blog, etc. And I'm, I'm, I, again, I, I, I've alluded to an, another website I'm doing, which is Enlightenment Consulting Services. Um, it's like I want to make a living doing this. Yeah, hey, uh, I don't I want to, me too. I, yeah, I don't want to like exactly. It's like you want to like once you once you have that type of fulfilling interaction with people, mm-hmm. you, you, you want to align as much of your life with it as you possibly can. Yeah, um, and you know, it's so that's fun.
0: It's it's gratifying. It's fulfilling. You know, you, it's, it's, it's 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 stimulating.
1: You are you are you are you're able to be and use all of, of your you, you, of of what you have strived to attain for so many years. Um, you don't want to again go back and hide in your Clark Kent outfit, you know. And so, like I, I, uh, you know, with 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 with, um, you you know this from interviewing all of your teachers, you know, they all have a, you know, they're doing that same thing. They're they're. Um, you know, I wrote this book about. Um, you know, I'm a blue collar worker, and I have this audio video services company that I that I operate on a day to day basis. Um, but um, you know, I, I I could easily let that go, and sure. frankly, hope to. You know, mm-hmm. hope to be able to. I I am I'm, I'm uh, you know I'm, I'm comfortable being an author. I'm I'm not comfortable being. I, I don't think it's in the cards for me to be like any some. Satsang teacher, you know, on that sort of scale, that isn't particularly interesting. But if you play
0: the game of if I won the lottery, what would I be doing? You probably wouldn't be crawling around under people's living room, (laughs) you know, tables trying to hook up cables. You'd be doing this kind of stuff and maybe fishing and having fun, you know, but, you know, it's like.
1: Yeah, I, 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 it's like I, I'm, I'm more of a. I have been doing some, some teaching locally, like mm-hmm. mean, book signings here and there, and and I have these little meetings. I have a meetup group. And it's like a meeting about awakening, and so I'm very comfortable in small groups and one-on-ones, and that's actually what I'd like to do. And if I could, you know, put up my promotion flag for this interview, is that next year I'm going to be marketing a, um, a service that, um. Is a one-on-one service for um, individuals who have, or uh, are, are very career-driven, high-profile, um, that might be uh, actors or politicians or stockbrokers that have an interest in spirituality. Um, and have an interest in in awakening or enlightenment but they don't know what to do about it and they're in no position to really publicly do anything about it um, and they can uh, uh... afford the services of having someone privately come to their place and uh, be instead of gallivanting across the country going to see the likes of Shanti and um, Gangaji and and Arjuna have that person come to them you know, over a period of six months, and so that's you know that's a, an adult interaction that i 'm striving for is is that element and uh, yeah so that sounds um, good. Um, I had a thought earlier that I wanted to hash
0: yeah. out with you, which is we were talking about the juxtaposition and the paradox and all that. Mm. And if if you sort of think of the mass of humanity, you know, the vast majority of people, I suppose, um, are pretty locked into the. Uh, perspective that the concrete world is what it appears to be and is and is real, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you know, but if you listen to Gallup polls and stuff, then a lot of people have had glimpses or glimmerings of something deeper. You know, there is a deeper reality, and people are fascinated with all this kind of stuff. And there's shows on TV, yep. and you know, all kinds of things you can watch: psychics and and spiritual things, and and you know, yep. so so many religions in the world where people have been sort of. Making a fuss about there being something that is beyond the obvious, Mm. you know, seen reality. And then, you know, we have people like ourselves who've spent decades kind of wanting to actually have an experience of that and have actually attained it to whatever degree. And so, and the tables begin to turn where, as you said earlier, now this is really the dominant thing, you know, Mm. Um, that, that sort of what used to be something you didn't even believe in. Uh, mm-hmm. w- went went to something you glimpsed occasionally and then went to mm-hmm. something that you actually are oriented from you know that has become mm-hmm. the dominant reality and the the, so, the the concrete world is still there but it's only part of the picture now not the not the whole thing um so i don't know i just found that interesting when we were talking about juxtaposition how there's this turning of the tables from you know yeah. it's a complete one hundred and eighty degree reversal in a way of yeah. the ordinary orientation to life,
1: and and that's that's what one wants would presume if you begin seeking awakening or get involved in spirituality. You aren't doing it not to change, right? You know, I mean, you know, <laughs> making the change is is you know is is what it's all about, and is the um, you know if i could say that is is the difficult part of actually going through with it mm-hmm. you know of actually putting your stepping through the fire of 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 going through with that process um so it it takes some yeah it takes some determination um but yeah if i look back at my total history and y- y- yours as well reckon everybody that is interviewed on back yeah, we all start from the same place you know, and it's, it, is, it is, and this is one of the things that I do not ever hold back on, you know, that, in the, it, that that I am not a person who is subtle or shy whatsoever about saying, you know, pardon my French, fucking A, yeah, awakening is a good thing. I'm glad I did it. <laughs> I'm glad I changed. You know, it was well worth the effort. I am absolutely 100%. It was a, it was a damn good investment, and it has paid off. Right. In, in spades, you know, so I, I'm, i you know, I, I, I think people need to hear that, you know, that, that, yeah, it's, it's not, there's, it's not a, you know, it's, it, that, that kind of is like, you know, you want, yes, you want to like tell people that there's an ordinary quality to it, but you also want to give them hope and let them know that, because I mean, people come to this from such a wounded spot, from such an isolated spot, from such a. A you know separate from life spot that is painful and once you once you kind of like get above the clouds you tend to forget about that shit you know as a teacher you tend to forget about how you know how, you know so it's like it's important to tell those people who are who are really struggling who are who are unhappy who are who are suffering you know that yeah it's you know. It, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I had some lady this past summer I went to gathering with some waking down people and and she like at the, at the end, she was she just really needed to hear that. and so I walked up to her and I just just like I just laid it out right there. and it's just like, yeah, it is well worth it. you know, there is a light, and she just cried, you know, and just really needed to hear that. and so uh, I'm, I'm, I hope I'm addressing what you talked about with the juxtaposition. Of, I think okay. you are, and I think yeah, it's, a good, I, it's a good yeah. point
0: that you haven't—we haven't quite dwelt on enough, perhaps—which is that this, yeah. you know, this realization business is is really sumptuous. I mean, it's really, yeah. it's the, the you know you, you use these analogies of light at the end of the tunnel and dangling carrots and whatnot, but yeah. when you actually do munch on the carrot, it's delicious. Yeah, <laughs> and um, you know, and the, all this talk in the ancient texts of bliss and so on, and so that's real you yeah. know it, it's it's a it you is. know and i often think i mean if if i could have you know I, we were saying earlier how you get used to it and you acclimate but i mean if i could jump from where i was 40 years ago to where i was am yeah. right right now yeah. I, w- I would probably be just lying on the floor drooling in ecstasy but <laughs> but you know i'm accustomed to it <laughs> um, but and conversely if i were to jump back to where i was 40 years ago it would probably kill me the yeah. agony of of the yeah. contrast
1: yeah, yeah, I, I feel the same way, Rick. It's it it, 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 it um uh you, you, there's parts of that you get used to, but you know there are other parts that you don't get used to. That still that still floor me. I you know in, in my meetings with people, a meeting that I have here locally, uh, um, or when I'm when I'm really seriously talking to somebody about spirituality, um, I tend to have I go into a peak experience and the, end of the day, what's that? It heightens
0: it. Yeah, even it, even when I do these interviews, I get high as a kite, just sort of. S- you yeah. Know, yeah.
1: I think a lot of people are prone to that. And that's the mm-hmm. that's goes back to the part of the magic of transference is you tend to like go into that space until finally 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 after doing it enough times your body gets it. Right. Um but I you know, I, yeah, I still I still have that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think probably most teachers do where they go, they go into that, you know, very very heightened um state of as I called it in my book magic something. Um that is yeah, it 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 feels great. It absolutely does. It's a it's a wonderful it's a wonderful experience to have. Um, what was I going to say about it? Yeah, it's, it's. I was asked to describe it in three words or less a couple days ago, and it was like, <laughs> ridiculously relaxed.
0: That's nice, yeah.
1: Um, what else? Um, yeah, I, I can't really remember. That's a good one. But uh, ri-
0: I, I like that, ridiculously relaxed. There's a sort of an ease that one settles right. into, and, um, you know, whereas previously there – there is a sort of a tightness and a constriction yeah. and a and control element there's right. a, there's an ease and and uh a flow that yeah
1: yeah it, Adi da it, one of his famous metaphors was you know before awakening uh, you know and then after yeah. awakening is this you know and yeah. that's very true it was mm-hmm. very true so
0: i took some notes when i was reading your book just a few things i thought we might touch upon cool. um one was uh at one point you used the, the phrase, more please, and I don't remember whether you used it in a, right. with a positive or a negative connotation, but I, right. I, would like, I would like to suggest that that's kind of the nature of life, and that's what we were talking yeah. about just now, really. There's, there is a more please kind of wiring built into us in which yeah. the mind naturally seeks a field of greater happiness. Yeah. Um, and it's like you're an audio guy, right? So if some tiny little $5 radio were playing on one side of the room and then this uh, $10,000 stereo system started playing on the other, our attention would shift to the $10,000 stereos because yeah. it's so much more
1: fulfilling. <laughs> so, more, more please is good. Yeah, yeah, it's a good thing. More please, is, more please there's nothing wrong with more please. Um, and, but there, there does come a point that you need to recognize more please. You need to recognize that the mind... It, uh, ego mind is, 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 is the, it can compromise and subtly take over the whole ship. Uh, and you need to put it in its place. You need to realize that's what mind is up to. More please. Uh, Adi Da called it seeking. You know, you're always seeking. You're always seeking. And seeking meaning that you're seeking happiness, but you're never ever really finally attaining it. You, sure, you, you go from one experience, you get one big car, one big house, one big moment. You know that you're looking forward to, and it comes and it goes. They all come and they go. And, and where's the fulfillment? Um. So your mind is going more, please, more, please. You know, yeah. can I have more, please? Looking like for more, love please. in all the
0: wrong places. Is yeah, a song. yeah, but
1: <laughs> and so, you, but you realize that that's just a, that's a limited condition of the mind, and it's a tool, and you work with it. I still got a more please mind. You know, I you know, <laughs> hey, I love, I love getting a new you don't know, fly rod every year that's I don't need another one, I just want one. More please. You know, I just want the uh, you know. So sure. there's 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 that element to it that you just accept and are okay with. When it's compromised the total being ship of your being and that's all you're living for and it's the only thing that you've got, then that's a problem. Well, another no. way of
0: putting it would be if if your more pleased tendency is limited to kind of the surface value of life for yeah. its uh, to, to to operate within, right. then then it's never going to be gratified because you know you can only. Get so much fulfillment out of a new fly rod. But if if the very same tendency this mo- that we're talking about uh, is allowed to sort of steer the course of your life to sort of in a vertical direction rather than just horizontal, right. then something interesting begins to happen. And I, I, I would suggest that the very same impulse that w- makes you want to get a new fly rod also made you want to sort of seek spiritual realization. Yeah. Uh, it's just it, it got sort of directed in a more, um, in, in a deeper direction. Uh,
1: way right right. you you, i mean it doesn't take much i mean everybody knows that you know that that that, the excitement of that new tv or thing is going to wear off everybody knows that yeah you know but we still do it not everybody does
0: know it you know some people just desperately go for the bigger tv and the bigger car and the bigger boat and the prettier wife and the
1: you know yeah Uh, yeah yeah you're right i mean that not everybody does you're absolutely (laughs) correct that you know uh, maybe on what i'm saying is like on some unconscious level you know, that everybody knows. Yeah. You yeah. know, on some, on one level, or, uh, you know, if you really sat down with somebody. And talk said, to them about it. Yeah. Sure. You know, you know, but we still all do it. And I'm, the, you know, I'm the same way. It's like, you know, my wife and I want to have a bigger, want to live in a bigger house next year. And so yeah. there's that, there's that more please mind. And, and you know, and I accept it and I, got, I ain't got no problem with it because I know that, you know, happiness. From that house is, you know, it's great. It's a good thing. I, don't, you know, I look forward to it. But ultimately, you know, I'm not, I'm, it's, it's, that's a condition, you know, and, and happiness needs to be unconditional. Yep. So that's, you know, good. another great, go ahead. Rick.
0: There's another thing you talked about in the book, uh, identification, being lost in the objects of perception, I believe. And Jeez, that was and, me. I, th- I, think, I think it was or, or did I use the word but that,
1: that that doesn't sound like no, nothing I would write I mean, I ain't that far polluting
0: fancy, <laughs> maybe I wrote it down based upon something I read in your book and and you said something about being willing to extract yourself from the world okay, or something yeah. like that yeah okay and, yeah. and and you know my question when i when I read that was, hmm, is it really a matter of willingness? Is it a really a matter of choice? uh can it just be done with a snap of a finger, or what you know it, it seems to me that it's Probably gonna be more of a process than just something you decide to do when you wake up one morning and you're done by lunch
1: yeah, I think what I was alluding to in that was that there is a there is a very 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 scary element to this process um which the ego uh and, and the mind um uh picks up on and uh that um essentially uh yeah. When I say extract, it's kind of the. um, Man, it is a tough. But it is the it is the process of differentiating again the more pleased mind um, from the uh, background conscious witness. being that Round we all state are or something yeah, 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 that we all are, and so but really what what's what I say say by extracting i mean it takes a lot the process of doing that while easily said, um the process of actually really and this is what I found in my own case was really daunting, it took a lot of courage there were i mean there were parts of my seeking that uh, just uh, I was rattled to my core you know like i was like i was fucking with the fabric of the universe and was in a place that i had no right to be and jesus christ what had i done mm. you know like i wasn't talking about the death of just jeff i was talking about the total death existence of everything mm. you know like i was just like i had gone into the back machine room of existence and hit the off switch <laughs> you know like what the fuck did i do that for you know and and so <laughs> yeah so that's that's that is an element that one needs to be prepared for that is – and you hear this a lot from, you know, The End of Your World, Ajishanti, you know, um, which is a book that he wrote. Um, that, uh, you know, in Gangaji, all, any good teachers could tell you about that, you know, that you need to be to meet fear. Um, it, just like I'm talking about existential depression, there's an element of existential fear. that is this gnarly black beast that lives in the mountain that you are going to run into. Mm-hmm. And it's going to scare the shit out of you, you know. And, and it to the point I'm talking about to the point where you won't. You're like you're going to question why you even got involved with in spirituality. It's that large of a fear. Now again, maybe we all experience how this fear hits us and confronts us. And you can have it hit you with small amounts of time, and then over over the years, it's not so bad. In my own case, it was it was like it was like me meeting, you know, this black dragon in the mountain. Fire-breathing demon that was gonna drag my ass to hell. <laughs> and that's what it was like for me. And man, it was—you know—it took some courage for me to, you know, to consciously go into that. Um, so, if that answers your question about yeah, extracting does. the, you know, extracting um, mm-hmm. yourself from—I think I said the, the, the quote it was extracting myself from the conditions of reality or of myers or something. From the world, yeah. Yeah, I Can't re- remember, but.
0: Well, it does answer it, and it brings up an interesting point, which is that um, you know I've often wondered about myself because when people talk about this horrible fear, I mm-hmm. think, geez, you know, is this something I'm still going to encounter because I haven't, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe I maybe I will, and I and it's still waiting around the corner for me. But I think that uh, you know the way I've approached it, f- having learned to meditate when I was a kid, is and stuck with it, is, is this incremental thing that you mentioned. There's <laughs> there's been a, just sort of a, a gradual chipping away, so. F- I haven't experienced so many um, cataclysmic...
1: <laughs> Everyone, Everyone's different. Yeah, I mean, I, I wrote a... In, in my book, there's a little analogy, uh, a little parable called uh, Water, mm-hmm. um, if you remember it, where I, you know, essentially it's, it's, it starts out with, you are water, frozen, cold, hard um, ice. Um, and then what happens in the awakening process is that you begin to melt. You go sit with teachers, it causes you to melt. And so chunks of ice... Start to come off, and that's a very uncomfortable process. The melting process is a very uncomfortable process um, for a lot of us. For others, it can be like gradually, you know. Yeah. It, maybe in your case, Rick, it's just little drips, you know, over the over the span of twenty or thirty years. Um, in my own case, um, and I, you know, and I, I think a lot of people experience this. A large chunk will fall off, yeah, and that's uncomfortable. You know that 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 gets to be uncomfortable, but it, it's there's no telling you know what anyone's ex- process or path is going to be like when that happens we all True. melt yeah. in different ways and you just have to allow the melting and also as a you know as a teacher or someone who's working with somebody to facilitate awakening you have to acknowledge that they're going to be different you know, even but you do have to like if you're writing a book or you do have a practice or a, t- or a teacher that if you want to you do have to kind of like you have to establish some sort of structure, some sort of guidelines that, you know, okay, here's what I pro- here's what I think it'll probably be like for you, um, more than likely, in other words, and, I, and and I think that's sort of what I've done with, with, with my book and yeah. what I do on my blog. You know, it's like you know I'm guessing this is how it was like for me. Like this is why I, I I always like to think that like I'm I'm a pretty I'm a pretty like. Um, an average uh, middle-class white American guy, you know, and um, so I'm thinking that the that I'm nobody extraordinary. I wasn't born into a great spiritual family or wealthy family or famous family. I'm not from India. I didn't, you know, the stars weren't in my perfect alignment. I'm just a normal dude, and so I got into these matters, and I'm thinking because of that foundation that probably the course that I took. And the awakening that I've realized is probably, like, you know, what I like to call is probably pretty blue-collar awakening, (laughs) um, is grocery store enlightenment. Um, So I think that a lot of the facets of kind of what I went through are going to – I'm assuming, again, because of my normal background, um, that I bet a lot of people are are, – would experience it at least in some ways than the way that I did mm. um I, you know who knows for yeah, sure that's no, true uh, i mean you know everybody yeah. is
0: unique but there are definitely some similar patterns and probably yeah. a lot of people's patterns might in fact i know having talked to a lot of people that yeah. a lot of them do match yours or resemble yours anyway yeah yeah, um, there's one other thing for your book that maybe we just touch on, and it sure. might might lead us to a conclusion. Um, you use the uh, example of the Chilean miners who were trapped in the mine, mm. you know, and yeah. um, then they were freed. And I, I forget the exact context in which you y- used it, but I, when I read it, I thought, you know, okay, well, um, once you've been freed from the mine, then what? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, maybe you expressed that thought, but I have it written down here, and and that. Um, what, you want? You want to riff on that a little bit? What you meant to say with that example? Well, sure. It, it,
1: it, it's the so the uh, w- while I wrote when I was writing 21 days, which is the tw- 21 days after I kind of kicked the last little ground of doubt off of the, my awakening seeking. Uh, one of the days was when the, when the when the, when, the, when the Chileans miners were, were trapped, and, and we got them out. And so there was a, you know, they, they got them all out. It was it was awesome. And uh, so then for about a period of about a week, you know, they were famous. You know, in other words, they had been freed from their captivity. And then, and then they were. Fa- and then I thought. Then I thought. Well, what's going to happen <laughs> to these poor mugs after this? After their fifteen minutes, you know, they they, they 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 after they after they were freed. And I thought that was a very uh, apt uh, kind of analogy towards awakening. It's except in this case when you wake up, there's nobody there to uh, congratulate you for the most part. There's nobody there, you know, to hand you a diploma or to congratulate you. You aren't getting up in front of a thousand people and they're saying, "Oh, it's so great that you were freed." You know, there's this, like now what? You know? Now again, we're all different, and, and in my own case, I was like, I want, I need my relief was would had arrived to a level of, of relief and well-being um, that that it was kind of a funny circumstance I, was, I realized that I that my circumstances much like those miners I was like okay so except even without the fanfare that they had um, for that for the week or so after they were freed it's like so now you're awake and it's like now what you know and and, and so like the miners I was like I was wondering what was what is you know what has become of those miners you know what are, what are they doing and another way to look at it is as I often look at it this way um that um, it's as if I've, uh, um, I'm playing a, a video game like like um, uh, like Lara Croft Tomb Raider. You know, and, and I love using this analogy because Jed McKenna, you know, in his books, in, his, in one of his books, you know, played, played Tomb Raider. It's like okay, so you've killed all the bad guys. You you've gotten all the little golden you know star cookies and rewards and whatnot. Um, and so, but. But there's this feeling that – and this is how it is for me. It's not like this is for everybody. I feel like I'm still in the video game. You know, I'm still in the video game, and now what do I do? All the bad guys are killed. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been freed from the mine. Now what do I do? And so I guess that's what it was about, was I was kind of questioning that on that particular day. And I remember I was, I was like I, – I walked there's, – there's a – yeah, there's a quality though. Like. Once you have woken up, you know, it's just like, well, damn, you know, what, what do I? I'm, I'm, I'm still here. You know, what am I going to do with this? You know, and yeah, that, that that's part of the post awakening. A very big part of the post awakening process is like, like so now, I'm, what am I going to do with my life? And how am I to orient it towards this awakening? And what am I going to do with it? And how do I want to? There's, there's this for me. It's like this subtle. Not this subtle, actually. This, this is. This is how it manifests for me. It's like this. This quality, like I've just. Surmounted the biggest damn mountain I have ever <laughs> surmounted, and and you know if I can do that, you know if I can do that, you know then this, then 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 I can, you know I I'm free and I can do anything. So that's kind of how it, you know that, that's how it kind of is for me. Um, you know it's not. I, I, I think I, that's what also, I was yeah I think that's yeah.
0: what I was alluding to earlier. Um, when I. I, I don't know if I use this phrase, but I, I I kind of see awakening as a milestone, not a destination. Yeah. Right. Um, and there's always going to be, it's 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 paradoxical again to use that word. There there's always going to be a next horizon, and yet there isn't. But there's there's always you know there there's a certain yeah. finality to it, but at the same time there's always going to be something yet to discover, something yet to do, something yet to explore um and so if 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 i'm right about that then it might be helpful for people to realize that you know you don't just rest on your laurels and and sit around and have somebody drop grapes in your mouth it's 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 a it's a stage mm-hmm. and and uh and yet there is plenty of room left for exploration once that stage has been reached and you'll cross that bridge when you come to it
1: yeah i i mean uh- the, the the it's kind of in my own case it's like a like i feel like i'm the milestones that i'm looking for are 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 materialistic are kind of on a, on a surface level um um but i married to um a, a uh, married to an element of wanting to ass- assist people Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- th- there's a I, – I, that's, that's what I found. It's like, okay, so now you're in the video game, You killed all the bad guys, and what's there left to do? Well, you just help other players. Mm. You, know, you help other players who are lost in the video game. You show them what to do, how to do it, and how to get to the end of it. You know? And then after they win the game, then they're helping other players too. And I think that's maybe what happens, you know. it's, it's not, Yeah, it's, not, not it's what everybody. happens for a lot of people. Um, yeah.
0: And I think it's natural, just like we were saying before, the natural yeah. tendency of the mind, you know, of, of – um, how you put it, you know, the wanting more and more. Um, yeah. it's, there's a kind of a natural, you know, that phrase in the Bible, "My cup runneth over." It's like yeah. at, a, at a certain point, the cup is full. You you, you can stop worrying about filling the cup, yeah. but now it's going to start overflowing, and and that right. takes that takes the form of wanting to assist others.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it, so, uh, yeah, I I I've not arrived to that point you know I'm, I'm new I'm early on in this uh, I'm, I'm just now beginning to figure out exactly what that is um, between website and book and you know consulting services to, to um, privately to, to individuals it's like um, you know I, I can tell you that that's, that's kind of like what's on the next horizon for me um, and uh, beyond that I, I really don't know you know, which yeah, which might be which might be you know maybe a good thing to expand on just a little bit, um is like living in the moment and now. You know you hear a lot about that, and that, that's that's also can be a confusing element of this, where the power of now by Eckhart Tolle and Ram Dass be here now. There's a lot of extraordinary amounts of talk about being here now, and. Um, I think a lot and what i want to say is i think a lot of it is hyped because um, my mind is totally capable um and often is fantasizes you know about what's going to be like in the future it still does that um it's it's still like you know I, I i'm hoping to like have a you know to to move next year to a, to a larger house and i hope next year to have uh, a uh, consulting service and i hope you to sell gotta plan it. all
0: that right you're it, not you know, right. It's just gonna wake up one morning and find yourself in a larger house
1: <laughs> yeah so a lot of people think that being here now is just like you know i'm i'm just gonna after this interview i'm, I'm just gonna walk upstairs and go up and sit and sit in a chair and be here now and not do anything, <laughs> you know. Just, but it is. It isn't really like that. There is a absolutely. There's a quality to you know to in 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 the when you when you have more of the peak experience, subtle uh, uh, sides of of awakening. When you go into those, there's absolutely. You're like here now. You're like grounded, and it's and and. But then there's been because the the activities of the more pleased mind recede to background.
0: You know. Well, it's like we were saying earlier about how if. One is only locked into the surface level of life, and one's whole fulfillment is dependent upon that then yeah. it's it's very um you know uh, vulnerable to the waves of change yeah. i don 't know if we put it in those phrases, but yeah. you know with regard to this now thing um, if again if one is locked into the surface level of experience then there's there's a lot of sort of neurotic worrying about the future and lamenting about the past and so on but yeah. when the when the deeper dimension dawns then one is in the now yeah. but it but it doesn't mean that you can't like you know plan to get a bigger house or a better right. jo- job or you, know, you can't think right. about right. The, f- the fun you had in high school or you know right. you, you, you right. can you can play in the past and future, but there's a sort of a nowness that becomes more predominant, so your whole your whole fulfillment isn't invested in yeah. the these these you know future past things it's it's primarily grounded in in the now in the in the presence. Yeah,
1: it's it's this the, I think I think a lot of people who who are striving for awakening have have this fantasy that ne- that being here now means that that all that's all you need, you know, whatever is in front of you immediately yeah. is is all that you need and is totally fulfilling and is the end game, um, and that's just not true, you know, that's just not true, you know, unless you're You know, Ramana Maharshi or some yogi on a mountaintop, you know, which we're not, which I'm not, you know, no, you know, I'm not stupid, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, I want good things, you know, I want um, uh, intelligent things, I want intelligent interaction, I want wiser directions to go in, I want to make plans, you, you, you're, you do not, being here, it's almost like, it's like people think that being here now is like some sort of lobotomy, you know, where where you're like, you know, you you you're reduced to some, you know, j- juvenile version of yourself, is totally satisfied with, you know, completely whatever is in front of him, even if it's just a pen. It's just the most <laughs> glorious, you know, unified universal pen in my whole entire life. Well, let me let me let me blow that notion out of the water. You know, and say, fuck that, you know, man. I want a bigger fishing pole and a bigger house. And, yeah, because you're not you, – you know, you don't get a lobotomy. If anything, you become more intelligent, more – look, you know. The, the opposite of that is someone like Osho, you know, 14 Rolls Royces, or someone like Adi Da.
0: Ninety-something.
1: What's that? He had ninety-something. 90 90 90? yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. there's a guy who had a refined sense of taste, you know, and, and that happens. Yeah, that happens. There's a quality to awakening – that you you're no longer you know what you no longer it's like you're here you're now you live in this world and you 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 don't, you don't sell for bullshit you know you don't you, if it, something stinks you're gonna say it stinks you're not holding back you're not you know you are not you have no uh, you know pretense or agenda or fear about calling things like the way they are and in some sense you 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 know you 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 could become more of an opinionated asshole than you were before awakening and I you know. Take all that with temperament and 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 as you know and align that with with being here mutually in the world with other beings and have a sense of respect and regard for other people and you can be those things
2: mm-hmm.
1: you can have that integrity of, of, in your life um, and 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 um, and that not get in the way and get ridiculous um, to the point of ninety rolls Royces um, you can have it naturally and in a, in, a, in a well-rounded way. And I think that that's, you know, that's, that's how I feel about my own case. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's, 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 there's nothing wrong with that element of, of awakening is wanting the finer things in life. Um, or it's, it, it just cannot be confused with the finer things of life, thinking that that's going to be the fulfilling things in life. Um, and um, I have lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, I can, I'll help you out. Uh, it's just it's it's the kind of theme we've
0: been playing around with, which is that um, you know if if you're just caught up in the waves, then it really matters whether the waves are big or small, yeah. or fast or slow, green or red, whatever. Their their whole fulfillment is invested in how things are going on the surface of life. Yeah. And and um, if you if you kind of opened yourself up t- to you know use clunky words to the full range of the ocean mm-hmm. then then you know you're the ocean and fine, if there's big waves little waves it doesn't matter a heck of a lot um so this whole be here now thing and and it's
1: uh, yeah it's yeah. a little it gets a little blown out of proportion you know
0: yeah and, and I would think what well, should and it's not a mood you know this be here you, mm-hmm. you can't like mood mood make yourself into just being in the present and everything it's content because if that contentment isn't really Explored and, and unfolded, uh, discovered, mm-hmm. then you're just going to be a, a sort of passive and and yeah. perhaps apathetic. Um, so there really needs to be that deeper dimension. And then uh, on the foundation of that, you know, you can be as dynamic and as goal oriented and, mm-hmm. and and uh, as, as you want to be. Um, yeah. There's no conflict, even though there's some paradox in it.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I. Um, uh, while you were speaking there, I I was got your train of thought. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> no. I was thinking it's just I, I want I want to because well, I think we're getting close to the end here, and I and I really want to address or uh, I really want to like a- acknowledge for viewers who you know who 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 come to BatGap. And um, are are suffering, and 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 are in pain, um, and that um, are are kind of going a little further than the or a little you know or have arrived at a deeper place, a deeper sort of dark night of the soul. Because I remember the years that I was there, and. and and, uh, yeah, I just, I, I think that, because um, I think that's what this, I think that's what Batgap Gap is for, is for those individuals, is, it, it's what my book is for, it's, it's, it's what, it's what uh, my websites, and, you know, what, what it kind of, what it, what happens to you when, when you do want to turn around and teach this is you want to talk to those, you want to talk to those people that, that were like you, that were really, really suffering. And so there's um, – I'm just trying to re- remember, you know, like, hey, man, if I came to this website and was listening to all these interviews and um, and I was, I was feeling that, I know that I'm thinking, well, that's all great. You know, I'm, I'm really happy for you and your fly rods and blah, 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 and your own awakening, and who gives a shit? You know? Yeah. And, and, but what can I do? You know, what, what, uh, this, this, this sucks. And, um, you know, what can I do right now to end what I'm feeling here, this, this suffering and this, this, this um, separation? And that is a good question. And that is, that, that is the heart of the matter. And, I think what I want to say to those people is that that's what you have to, first and foremost, is that you need to accept that, is that you, you don't deny that, accept that that's where you are, and start from there. And that's totally okay, and it's totally part of the process, and there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and what can you do um, is is to to read and to watch and to be with as many teachers as you possibly can and I know there's a lot of people out there who might be in jeez you know the far corners of the world who don't have that opportunity and you need to accept that that's where you are and uh... orient your life or orient as much as you possibly can towards taking the steps that puts you closer in in uh to proximity written words or video or in my personal opinion the best thing that you can do is to be with those people is to orient your life so that you can do that so you can sit in it, you know and have that exposure to those types of people who are awake um, that's the process yeah and a po- big part of that process is coming to terms with that difficulty and that uncomfortableness and that suffering that you're having right now. And and accepting it and sinking into it, not denying it, but as Samuel Bonder and his great organization says, of waking down into it. Um, And then doing that um, as much as you can with and in the company of other awakened teachers. And it's contagious. Yeah. awakening is contagious and so i just for me it's like that's who. if i could like look back at jeff like 10 years ago um that's what i would say It's like yeah damn man i feel your pain it fucking sucks you know and i'm not you know i i'm not denying it you know it sucks and it gets tiring to hear from 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 awakened teachers how great it is and blah 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 you just don't care you know and i was with you you know i i did not at that point i didn't care either you know, because it was all about this and this painting that was right here. So, um, the path that I took, um, which is the only path that I can, you know, teach and recommend to others, is is one that worked for me. I think it works for a lot of the teachers here at at, at backup. Is to um, immerse yourself in this world as much as you can, mm-hmm. however limited that might be, or a- as great as that might be, and you will find that if you allow and you accept and you you are able to um, be as honest as you possibly can with every part of you that's coming up during that interaction you will find that you slowly begin to turn the tables on that element which is the depressing elements which are the separate elements which are the ones that make you suffer so i mean that that's that's what i as as somebody who writes a book about this and, and has gone through the awakening process that's what i want to say to all those people and i think that's what your website is about too rick is like really going down to that parts you know acknowledging everybody who comes here that wounded part in all of us that that's you know that's right where where it's at go right that, that's what our job is is to take you right there to that edge against that, that pain and that wound and hold you up against the fire until you slowly heat up, and you start melting, and you and you find that there is a healing that takes place, and there is a rediscovery of well-being. Um, but our job <laughs> is to like hold your ass against that fire. And I think that uh, so that's kind of like how I what I wanted to say at the end here, Rick, is that, that uh, you're doing a really good job of that with these with these video anal- uh... videos that you have online. I think every teacher that comes to you is 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 really that's what they're that's the most important thing that they're giving and that's what I want to give is that you know is acknowledgement that uh, uh um, that can be done and um there's light at the end of the tunnel and uh um, and it's not I an oncoming well. train. And it's not an oncoming train. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Good. Uh,
0: good. Well, that's beautiful nice wrap up. Sure. Okay, so um, let me just make a few concluding remarks. Um, (laughs) I've been talking with Jeff Dixon, or Jeff Stewart Dixon, to be more formal. And uh, Jeff has written a book and has a a couple of websites, and we'll have another website pretty soon. I'll be linking to all of that from batgap.com. So if you just happen to be listening to this in audio while you're in the car or something, you don't need to remember, don't have a car accident trying to write down domain names, just uh, go to batgap.com, you'll see Jeff's interview and you can l- click on links to go to his websites and his book. Um, you'll also see there uh, all the other interviews I've done and uh, they're all archived and there's a, a, a kind of an index on the right hand side of the page that's alphabetical of all the people. And there's a little link there that you can click on to um, sign up t- for an email notification every time a new interview gets put up that 's pretty simple to do every day people sign up um, we 're also going to there 's a chat group that builds around each interview, and um, you know usually anywhere from one to five hundred comments get made after each interview uh, in that particular chat area of that interview there 's also a general comment section that has thousands of comments that have accumulated over time but um we're actually going to turn that into a forum so it's you know more topical and easier to navigate so it's not just this linear train of unrelated points so that'll be coming soon um there's also a yahoo group called buddha at the gas pump which is quite lively and active so if you look on the yahoo groups for buddha at the gas pump you'll find that and i have a link to it on my site and finally there is a donate button and i I do appreciate people clicking that from time to time Um, there are some spiritual websites which sort of require payment for access i never want to do that with this i hope to always keep it free for every everybody and to just have enough people you know out there watching and feeling inclined to donate that i can generate enough income to not only keep doing it, but as Jeff was saying earlier, eventually make this a full-time gig. And
1: and the minimum donation is $1 million. (laughs) Right. That's the minimum.
0: Yeah, for that, I'll take a trip to Greece with you and we can (laughs) hang out. (laughs) Okay, so I think that about covers it. So thanks for listening or watching, and we will see you next time. Thanks, Rick. Bye-bye. I should say that next time is going to be Anita Morjani. I should never announce next time because a lot of times things change, but she is a very interesting woman who had a, a near-death experience. She was like in a coma, severe cancer, about to check out, had a profound experience, came back, her cancer went away, So um, and she's doing real well these days. So and, that's going to be a fascinating discussion.
1: And, and it's Justin Bieber after that, right? <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah. The Biebs. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jeff. Sure. Thanks, Rick. Bye-bye.